Welcome to this week's episode of Eye of the Swarm, your in-depth look at anything and anything related to Yellow Jacket Athletics with our production engineer, Elliot Sweary, the Big Sound, Matt Johnson. I am John Garver, and we are into the slowing down, I guess, of sorts for the uh, the sports calendar, Matt, and uh, winter sports especially are now completely by the boards with the exception of one indoor track and field athlete, but uh, all in all, the winter sports done. Spring sports, off to a decent start. Yeah, they are. They really are off to a nice start. Um, you know, there were a few games played last week. Not a big schedule in terms of actual games that were played by the spring sports teams. Like you said, the winners' teams are now wrapped up. We got all the all-conference uh, information on the winners' sports most teams. Most of it. Most of it. Yeah, not all of it, but most of it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, coming up here, and we'll talk about those in just a moment here, but... Uh, yeah, the spring sports teams, especially uh, uh, softball, off to a really fast start. We had a really, really nice weekend down in Oshkosh, and baseball's played a couple of games. Really bizarre schedule for the baseball team, especially right. last night. I mean, that was... First I, pitch, I went, 9.30. Yeah, 9.30. It's like you're playing on the West Coast. Yeah, and then uh, game two, a little after 11.30. Yep. Almost midnight before they got game two started. A very, mm-hmm. very long day for head coach TJ Oaks in the Yellow Jackets, but... Uh, yeah, spring sports are here now. We'll uh, just keep an eye now on things um, in terms of Mother Nature and see when we can get some games up in the area actually played here. But, uh, yeah, the spring sports off to uh, uh, a pretty good start for the most part. Of course, the two tennis teams are idle as well right now. But right. Um, all that will change here in the next week or so. So uh, Yeah, spring break gets here. And, yep. you know, thankfully locally things are going to warm up a little bit next week. So we're going to see some melt. Yes. And hopefully the fields, the turf fields will get exposed a little bit and heat up and things will melt and they can get on the field earlier than we thought. But Yeah, that would be the goal, yeah. Yeah, that's the goal. But for the most part, I mean, you know, winter's still here. It is. <laughs> it is here. Uh, it's still pretty chilly outside. The wind blowing you. out of the west today kind of reminded me that, yeah, it is still winter. And it is. It, it still it is. is cold around here. So I'm envious of everybody that's going to get to go south and, uh, and be in some warmer climates next week. But at the same time, it's also... To me, it's it's the week of the Minnesota State Hockey Tournament, right? And yep. that's kind of the unofficial end to winter, right? For me, yeah. so once the games get done this weekend with the high school teams, it's uh, okay. I'm over. Let's let's move on. Yeah, and actually, the uh, first rounds were played today. Yeah, it's going on right now. So let's yeah. speed this up. All right, let's speed this up. <laughs> By the way, before we get into the uh, week that was, uh, I want to say a belated uh, happy birthday to your son. Thank you. Uh, Teddy turned three. Was it yesterday? I think. Yeah, yesterday was his his actual birthday. His party was on Sunday, but okay. uh, his third birthday was yesterday. And you know, he announced to, to daycare he's sad because he's no longer two. Oh, and so we we got to talk to him a little bit about that when we get home and find out. You know, why why are we sad, buddy? It's okay to be three. Yeah, it's okay to be. It's it's okay to get a year older, yeah. especially at his age. Yeah, yeah you know, and he yeah. moves into a new room at daycare, and he gets to be around a couple of his buddies again. Well, there you go. Who are a little bit older than him and moved up to the three-year-old room before he did. So, you know, I'll have to try to get him to understand all is not bad being in the three-year-old room. But but thank you, appreciate that. Oh yeah, no, I just wanted to say happy birthday to Teddy. So yeah, one of go. the the highlights of of state hockey tournament time too, because he was actually born during the state tournament. Thankfully. When my wife was in 30 hours of labor, I at least had some hockey to watch. <laughs> <laughs> While you just waited for the bun to pop out of the oven. Yeah, <laughs> Basically. Yeah, exactly. So He wa- he didn't want to come out, though. It took no, a while. Yeah, he, he was being forcibly evicted by yeah, the Yeah, he was. Anyway, but, uh, that's another story for another time. Another story, another time. Let's, right. uh, let's dive into it. Let's dive, dive into this. Baseball uh, started their season. Unfortunately, it's four games and four losses for head coach T.J. Oaks in his first year 
at the helm of the Yellow Jacket program. They opened the 2022 season with a pair of losses to St. John's at U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis. That was last Tuesday, so a week ago. So it's a little bit longer than a week, but since it's the season opener, I decided to throw it into the recap here for the last week. Yellow Jackets dropping uh, the first game of the Giants 8-1 to before falling game two 6-4. to and then UWS in those very, very late slash very, very early games, depending on what your perspective is. Right. Last night against Central of Iowa, to fall in another doubleheader, 9-3 and 5-2 in those two games. In game one against St. John's, the Giants scored five times in the fifth and three times in the sixth to pick up the win. That game was actually scoreless going until that inning. It yeah. Was it back was, and forth. Yeah. I watched a little bit of it. Uh, Ryan Rodriguez uh, took the loss for the Yellow Jackets on the mound, but he pitched pretty well. Uh, he pitched the first four and two-thirds innings for the Yellow Jackets. He allowed four earned runs on five hits while walking one and striking out six. He really had just one tough half inning. Yeah. That was about, that was about it. Yeah, that was about it. Yeah. Um, Isaac Fougere for the Yellow Jackets, he went 2-4-3 in that game against the Johnnies in game two. The Yellow Jackets actually held the lead going into the last inning, 4-3, to three, before the Johnnies rallied and scored three times in the top of the sixth to win at 6-4. Bryce Flanagan started for UWS on the mound and pitched the first four innings. Christian Garcia took the loss. He came in on relief in that Fateful seventh inning, I guess you could say. While Riley Harbaugh, he ended up uh, closing it out for the Yellow Jackets on the mound. Offensively, Nick Fredrickson went two for three with a triple. A run scored in two RBIs, while Ben Rhodes went two for two with a double. A run scored in an RBI. And then uh, there were a few days in between games for the Yellow Jackets, but then they went right back down to U.S. Bank Stadium to take on Central last night in that very, very tough, like I said, uh, game time schedule. That's, that's about as late as I can remember them playing, I think. But that's... That's the nature of that of that right. kind of stadium. The Metrodome is the same way. Yeah, you're just playing around the clock. Because you're going around the clock. Yeah. You know, and whatever you... draw you get, you get. Yep. Yep. So that's what uh, befell the L Jackets last night, top of those two losses. And the game against Central in game one yesterday against Central, as we record this on a Wednesday, the L Jackets held a 3-2 lead again, heading to the top of seven. So they had a chance to win before Central scored seven times on yeah. the top of that inning. Things got away from the L Jackets on that one, and they ended up, of course, dropping it 9-3. to Matt Tappy took the loss for the L Jackets, again, in relief of Ryan Rodriguez, who, again, had pitched well mm-hmm. going into that last inning. Offensive, the L Jackets managed six total hits for the game. And then in Game 2 against Central, Bryce Flanagan took the loss for UWS, pitching the first three innings while allowing three, three earned runs. The L Jackets managed just five hits in Game 2. I think Sam McNosky had a double in there, but uh, not enough offense for UWS to pick up the win. No, the bats are a little quiet because as a team, they're they're not they're batting like two forty or something. Yeah, like that. The, I, the, and I, I think that's going to correct itself. Yeah, <clears throat> what I'm looking at is I I know obviously we've talked about it multiple times. TJ's got a pitching background. Yeah, and so you knew he was gonna he was gonna take the pitching staff in a different direction. And I look at through the first four games, they've only walked eight hitters. Right. Yeah, and I don't believe they've hit anybody yet. Okay, and he he preached about the right don't give away free at bats don't give up free bases with errors and things like that and we haven't seen that so far right so i think that's it's a really positive sign through the first four games when right. you're saying they've only walked eight guys they've drawn double that number right yeah you know hitting wise they aren't giving up they aren't committing errors i think they've made six errors in four games right. which it can seem like a big number, but in right. the college game, it really isn't that big a number. Right. So, yeah. well, and on top of that, you know what? I mean, honestly, they give themselves a chance to be two and two right now. Yeah, absolutely. You know, they I mean, were in. Yeah. They were in those games, and you know, yeah. one one bad half inning. Yep, and they end up ends ends up costing you the game, um, unfortunately. But yeah, right. Unfortunately, what happened with them, they're 0-4, and they have a very busy schedule coming up, so we'll talk more about that, that in the they last do. segment. Softball, though, they turned the tides the other direction when a perfect 4-0 in their first weekend. Very impressive performance, by the way, by the Yellow Jackets softball team. You open up the 2022 season with those four straight wins at the UW Oshkosh Softball Classic, hosted by UW Oshkosh. 
last Saturday I would and hope Sunday. So. If it's their classic, I would hope they're the yeah, ones. Yeah, I hope they were hosting, yeah. Defeating uh, Wisconsin Lutheran in their season opener 10 to 4 before uh, defeating Ripon twice by scores of 10 to 6 and 8 to 2. And then they closed out with their biggest win of the season by far to date a 7 to 6 win over the host UW Oshkosh, number 12 ranked team in the country, 7 to 6 in 8 innings. For the weekend, Taylor Kramer went 3-0 and in the circle. She pitched 20 innings while allowing 9 earned runs, walking 10 and striking on 11. Freshman Allison Loma went 1-0 and excuse me, for the Yellow Jackets in the circle, pitching 5 in a third innings, while fellow freshman Emma Pillion pitched 3 and 2 thirds innings on the weekend for UWS. So a little bit of spreading around of the uh, work in the circle there. Offensively, Kayla Kramer had a big weekend for the Yellow Jackets, to say the least. She went 7-14. for 14. On the weekend, two doubles, driving in six runs. Olivia Bancroft-Hart went five for eight. She also had six walks. So she was getting Good eyes. Yeah, no kidding, right? And freshman Allie McCall went six for 14 at the plate on the weekend. Taylor Kramer, by the way, was named UMAC Pitcher of the Week. And it was a result of her performances that weekend. And Kayla Kramer, her older sister, was named UMAC Player of the Week. So the Kramer sisters uh, A clean sweep from the Kramer household. Yes, yes. And uh, I got a chance to watch the game on... Um, Sunday against uh, UW Oshkosh, really well-played game. Really exciting game. Went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Oshkosh at one point led 3-0. Yellow Jackets came back to tie it, then took a lead. Then Oshkosh came back. Then UWS tied it again, and they went back and forth, back and forth. And finally, UWS scored two in the top of the eighth. Oshkosh scored one in the eighth, but could not get the tying room home, running tying run excuse me home to make it 7-6. to six. Taylor Kramer went all the way in the circle for Yellow Jackets in that game, so... Good omen there. I, I know it's a more natural throwing motion in softball coming underhand as right, opposed yeah. to baseball where you're throwing overhand, and that's why you see much, much fewer injuries right, to yeah, shoulders and elbows yeah. in softball. All of that said. That's a lot of, yeah. That young lady, oh, Taylor? If, you, if yeah. you think back to last season and now early on into this season, it's remarkable the number of pitches she can throw. Yeah, she throws a lot and, of pitches. And not... I'm not saying she's not tired, but not showing signs of fatigue. Right. Yeah. Her quality stays right about where it is. Yeah. And I have to yeah. think for for coach, it's it's awesome knowing you have a few other pitchers that you can you can roll out there, and it's not going to fall off a lot because that'll benefit you obviously, but it benefit right. her. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but it's amazing the number of innings she can throw. Oh yeah. And uh, in softball, it lends itself to that. You can get a if you get a really good pitcher, they can you lock can, a lot of you innings. You can, yep, they can um, eat a lot of innings. But you know, Taylor, you know, that's she had three outings. She won all three of them. And she pitched you know twenty innings, so that's a little under seven, a little under a complete game each time. Yep, she pitched eight against um, you know UW Oshkosh, so that strays a little bit. But uh, you know, there's a little bit more depth in the circle this year in terms of Allison Loma. I know the you know those of us or those of you who uh, listen to this podcast regularly and have listened to me on the radio know that she's a two-sporter. She plays basketball for UWS as well. Um, but she's a very, very talented pitcher mm-hmm. is uh, kind of the word around the softball program. Uh, athletic, throws hard, and uh, she has a lot of potential. So I think that what's going to end up happening there, John's are going to try to work at a, a two, maybe three-player pitching staff sure. for the most part. Um, you know, Because Elson Lomas, she started two games this weekend. Um, and pitched well, you know, for the most part as a freshman coming in. You know, pitched five and a third. Um, I think I looked at the stats. I think the opponents are batting under 200 against her so far early this year. So, right. um, you know, th- there's good things on the horizon for that team. I think I texted you and said that uh, I think that uh, Coach Fracker's got herself a squad, and I think she does. Um, 
based on early returns. There's only one senior on this team on top of everything else. Right. So, I mean, yeah. she's youth is definitely being served with that program. Right, yeah. The only senior on the team is Olivia Bancroft-Hart, and uh, the rest of the team are all underclassmen. So, um, yeah, I mean, then they played a very clean game. They went toe-to-toe with Oshkosh in that game. There was no, um, you know, it was it was a straight-up, it was a well-earned game. The Yellow Jackets actually out-hit Oshkosh in that game along with outscoring them. So, there was no fluke about that. That was right. they, that was a well earned victory for Coach Fracker and her team. So no doubt four and zero and uh, headed out off to Florida in the next week and uh, hopefully more success coming up in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, in the meantime, men's and women's indoor track and field both teams competed at the Ripon Final Qualifier hosted by Ripon College at the Wilmore Center in Ripon on Saturday. On the men's side, Gage Stankowitz, the freshman, qualified for the NCAA championships in Winston Salem, North Carolina. This coming Saturday, by placing second in the shot put with a distance of 16.07 meters tossed, Derek Moe finished. Oh, excuse me, Derek Moe and Michael Butterfield both placed second in the 3,000 and 5,000 meters, respectively. While Tyler Finger placed third in the mile on the women's side, Nicole Koski placed third in the mile run, while Kasha Hewlett was in seventh in the weight throw. And so their seasons are over. But Stankiewicz moves on to the NCAA championships this coming weekend again down in North Carolina. We'll talk more about that in the last segment, but. For a freshman to come in and do that, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, it is. It is, you know, and it, it I think it's a it's a real hallmark of this program that you know, for the last decade plus, they they've had strong throwers. Really good on throwers. On both yeah. sides. You've had throwers qualify for the national meet yeah. and he's just the the latest in that line. Right. Yeah. Who's been able to come in. But yeah, for a freshman to to be able to come in and, you know, entering the championships ranked twelfth in the nation. Not too shabby. Not too man. shabby, yeah, especially for Not a guy like I said who's got a lot ahead of him. Mm-hmm. So uh, congratulations mm-hmm. to him. Also got some all-conference mentions in here. Both basketballs and both hockey's got their uh, respective all-conference mentions uh, over the last week, so we'll go through those quickly here. Men's basketball, Xavier Patterson was named the UMAC all-conference second team, while Eli Vogel was named honorable mention all UMAC. Mason Ackley, meanwhile, was named the UMAC defensive team, while Carter Brown was named UWS's uh, representative on the UMAC sportsmanship team. So... Those are the all-conference mentions for men's basketball. Women's basketball, Kaylin Christian was named to the UMAX all-conference second team, while Sam Prendo was named to the UMAX all-defensive team, and Brianna O'Donnell was UWS's uh, representative excuse me, on the UMAX sportsmanship team. Women's hockey, Amanda Sargent was named first team all-WIAC for the second straight year, so congratulations to her. And Jamie Davison was named honorable mention all-WIAC, while Bryn McLean was named to the WIACs all-sportsmanship all team and last but not least men's hockey jordan martin by the way congratulations to him he was known the he was named the yx 2022 max is it sparger mm-hmm. sparger scholar athlete so congratulations to him that's quite an honor i was kind of going through that a little bit but congratulations to jordan martin on that one that's uh that's just some high praise it is and we've, we've had a number of of players over the years receive that award okay um going back to 1986 when brian swanson i think was the first one that that received it but yeah, it, it's it's a big deal. Yeah, and he, uh, you know, heck of a hockey player, right? But a better r- student, really, really good student too. Yeah, yeah, a really good student too. And uh, you know, I mean, uh, very happy for him because he. We have to review those applications before they go out, okay. and there are a number number of people that have to sign off on those. Right, and he he had more in that application and put more work into it than I think anybody I've ever seen. Oh, wow. So I was really happy when all of that was rewarded yeah. when that announcement came out earlier today. Well, good for him. He's a true uh, student athlete, which is uh, what you want. And he's he's still playing. Yeah. You know, he's he's playing pro right now. Oh, good you know, for him. There's a, a whole, I think, f- five of them that are that are out playing 
professionally right now that are, are not in class right now. Oh, they've okay. made their arrangements and they're they're playing in the Southern Professional Hockey League right well, now. So good for him. Yeah, good for him. Good for those guys as well. Mm-hmm. Congratulations to those mm-hmm. guys. Archer Turchiev and Dylan Johnson, meanwhile, were named first team All WIAC. Colton Bates and Miles Hector were named honorable mention All WIAC, and Charles Martin was UWS's re- representative on the WIAC sportsmanship team on the men's hockey side of things. So some nice awards there for the guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that there was. They felt like there were some things that were left on the table by the end of the year, but mm-hmm. uh, nice to see that they got some recognition anyway from the WIAC. So. Right. Um, and uh, that completes the week that was. The week that was. That report is getting shorter each week. Yeah, it's not going to stay <laughs> short real long, though, because no. there's a lot coming up here. In there the next, is a uh, lot coming weeks. up. Yep. So it's uh, it's spring break week next week, which means spring trips are coming up for tennis and track and field and baseball and softball, and that's where we're going to head next as yep. You talked about the 4-0 start to the softball season, so we're going to have Coach Fracker and junior Tiffany Kirk come in and join us for a little bit of a conversation as we jump into our roundtable when I of the Swarm continues right after this. Can I borrow the sports page? Are we sure we're ready for this expansion? Of course we're ready for it. It's a great idea. Let's celebrate with a vacation. I'm thinking (laughs) Hawaii. We're ready for you. Is it okay if my friend comes with? Of course. Imagination's always welcome here. Bring us your best ideas. Let's see how we can help. National Bank of Commerce. Imagination's welcome. back for the roundtable segment of Eye of the Swarm, and we are joined by, we're going to talk softball. Every time I say talking softball, I think of that, uh, the episode of The Simpsons where they had the, the nuclear plant had the softball team, and they actually had the talking softball song. Oh, right. Yeah. And Montgomery Burns brought in all the major leaguers to be on his team. Right. Maybe, it, you know, maybe you don't know, know I'm of, maybe you don't, but anyway. He brought in a team of ringers. He brought in the ringers to win the, win the city championship and yeah. ended up being Homer Simpson getting hit by the pitch that won the thing for him. But nonetheless. It was like Ken Griffey Jr. and Wade Boggs and who else was in those? Mattingly, cut those sideburns. Yeah, Don Mattingly. <laughs> I mean, he brought in all these all-star baseball players. All Mike Sosha just wanted to work at the power plant. Yeah. Like there was this, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it became a whole thing. It was at cool. any rate, we're talking softball. Coach Fracker, Tiffany Kirk in to join us here. So uh, I guess jump right into it. You know, the 40-0 season still in play after last week, and let's talk a little bit about it. Uh, pretty nice start for your club. Yeah, we are cautiously optimistic. The nice thing is, right, we came from behind and got a couple of really good victories, but we certainly have a lot of room for improvement. So the fact that we're already winning games but have room to improve is definitely very exciting. So I'm going to use the word cautiously optimistic for right now um, until we kind of can get to Florida and play some more games and see how we develop from there. So She's used her quota of coach speak for this segment as well, too. So 30 <laughs> seconds in, all the cliches and coach speak have been used. Well, you know what? To be honest with you, I watched that game against Oshkosh. That was a fun game. It went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And it was literally anybody's game the whole way, which was I, I was very impressed and happy to see that because you go into a game against a top 15 opponent and you're like, well, we'll do our best and see where the you know, chips fall. It's just fall pretty good on that one. That was a really well-played game, I thought, by actually both ways. you know, And I thought both teams came up with some big hits when they needed them. 
both pitchers got outs when they needed them at big points. I mean, it was a really fun game to watch, and I was just really happy that you guys were able to get that win. So, Yeah, I think our team seems to play really well when we have chips on our shoulders. So, like, when we're up against a highly ranked opponent and we're kind of expected to lose, it's like, okay, we're expected to lose. This will be fun. Like, let's see what we can do here. So, you know, Tiff, I don't know if that's how you feel too, but I always feel like when we're expected to lose or do, like, not be the best on the field that's when our best comes out because we're so excited to show like yeah like we're superior like watch what we can do so i feel like we're more relaxed because we're like who cares what happens as long as we go out there play our best and do what we're supposed to do it doesn't matter at that point it's always easier to play with house money yeah you know it really is it really is and you're you're the second one in the last three of these because when we had mckenna on talking about hockey he he enjoys the underdog role yep. too and it, it's always funny with the first time they got ranked going back two years ago and they snuck in at, at number 12 and then they eventually got into the top 10 he was sweating it out you know yep. he's like I, I don't like this position I mean it's, it's great for the guys and everything that they're they're nationally ranked but I don't like being in this position I, I like to have you know in a way I like to be that the underdog role and you know maybe it's expectations are, are less or something like right, that. I yeah. don't know, but some teams just perform better, and he felt like his team performed better in, in that situation. I mean, why, why do you think your team likes that role? I just think it's wanting to prove that we are better than everyone thinks we are, right? And uh, last year had a little bit of a Cinderella story, right? Came from the 5 oh, we're going to talk about win. that. Okay. I don't want to get ahead of don't myself. Don't use too then. much. I won't. But had a little bit of a Cinderella story. So this year, I think, um, and you know, I don't want to talk about preseason rankings or anything either, but us being ranked the three seed, you know, you kind of came into my office like, you guys are ranked three. And I was so excited about it. And you're like, <laughs> well, that's not really the reaction I expected. No. <laughs> Just because I knew that us being ranked three would definitely put a chip on our shoulders. Like, all right, like, let's get back to work. Like, let's dig in and prove once again that we are better than what everybody thinks we are. So I think it's just us playing better with chips on our shoulder. And me, I coach better with a chip on my shoulder too. So I think that's why um, our my coaching mentality and the way the team plays kind of coincides a little bit. So, As a player? Being underestimated feels good. <laughs> Because it just kind of makes you think, all right, no one expects us to do what we did last year. Right. No one expects anything from us. They expect us to place third, and that's it. Cue the underrated chant from well, the that section. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's kind of the, the I guess, it, it's a little bit complicated in the sense that, yes, it is. It shows a certain level of disrespect, I suppose, just because, you know, you guys did go to the NCAA tournament last year. You did represent the UMAC, and you did win the conference tournament, and you returned most of your players. So it is sort of like, yeah, they did it once, but they're not really good enough to do it, like, over a whole year. Like, they caught fire at just the right time. So in that regard, it is good. But at the same time, it also, you know, it gives your, your players something to shoot for, but at the same time, it also feels like, wow, they really – don't think much of us, even after we won the tournament last year. And so, I think three is a fair ranking. We came in five to the tournament. So it's not like it's like a, wow, I can't believe it. I think that is a legitimate ranking because of what we did in regular season. And also having 14 freshmen, right? right so yeah. those combinations, I think we were ranked where I would expect us to be ranked. 
but I just get excited because I know the way the team's going to react to it. Right. Right. So that was my excitement in the, oh, they're going to be upset about this and they're going to be out to prove <laughs> something. Um, so I think that is where I was coming from in my excitement um, because I don't think they were we're so close, right? So, like, the top teams in the UMAC, it's a throw-up every time we play. Like, who's going to win? Right, who's going to get yeah. that big hit? I don't think that one through th- even four, I think, is very fair in points. Um, but for us to not be one and have to kind of chase that and feel a little bit of a chip, like, that's exactly the place that I was hoping we would be to start the season. So, so every- everybody's mentioned the tournament now, so let's – Let's hit the rewind button. Let's go back to to last spring and talk a little bit about that that tournament run because that was that was unlike anything I've seen in in the years that I've been in this position. I've I've never seen any of our teams make a run through a tournament into the postseason like your team did. And in some respects, yeah, it was a little bit of lightning in a bottle there. But at the same time, I think there was some of the whole. Once that train got rolling, it wasn't going to stop. And aside from Taylor Kramer's right arm literally falling off of her body, nothing was going to stop what was, a, what was happening in that tournament. Am I wrong? No, I think that's completely fair. You know, it's being the five seed, you're expected to lose two and go home, right? So for us, it's like, cool, like we get to show that we're way more than that. And anything that we do, it's like, see – like, see, ta-da, we won one. It's like, all right, cool. Well, we won one, right? Now we have a little bit of momentum. So I think playing that 4-5 game and winning one and then having to go up against the one seed but already having some confidence definitely helped us because um, the momentum, I mean, once we got that momentum in that first game, like you said, it was just continuing to roll. I don't think there was anyone that was going to take that momentum from us when we got to the tournament. Everybody got to see what the tournament was. We won a game and started rolling. It all kind of came together. So, mm-hmm. I really felt like in watching those games, you guys hit another gear. It was like, you know, okay, so this has been bubbling under the surface for a while. But you found that breakthrough where, I mean, it wasn't just Taylor who was awesome that entire tournament. The entire team played really well. Right. Like there wasn't just like she didn't do absolutely everything, you know, where she was – driving in runs, and then she was, you know, the entire team contributed. And I felt like that was a real breakthrough moment. And it's kind of echoes or kind of mirrors, I guess I could say, what I saw this weekend watching you guys play those four games. It's kind of the same thing. It seems like that level now has kind of come to a point where there were contributions throughout the lineup this weekend, like in all four games. I mean, I didn't watch all four, but in the games I watched um, you guys play against Rippon and against Oshkosh, it was like, yeah, I mean, they're getting con- contributions from up and down the lineup now. They're clean in the field. Uh, you know, Taylor's doing what she does. She knows she's good enough now to win games in the circle, and that's a big step. You know, she knows she's good enough to beat good competition. And she showed it this weekend, you know, and there's some pitching depth there too. So it's like they know that they're good now. Like they've gotten to that point where they, they have a, a bit of an expectation for themselves. And maybe it was a little bit surprising to them, you know, at the time, at the tournament. Maybe it wasn't. I don't know, Tiff. You can talk more about that. But – um, it just feels like this team now has a confidence level in themselves that they didn't necessarily have at the start of last year and even through the middle of last year, but now they seem to have found it. Yeah, I feel like last year we spent a lot of time focusing on the basics, and now we finally have that depth where we can go into more detail on our game. Like Allison and Taylor both believe in their infield and outfield. To, if they miss a pitch and someone hits it hard – our defense is going to help them out. Like, there's no doubt about it. 
Talk yeah. a little bit about the depth mm-hmm. because we're generally not used to seeing a, a roster depth, this yeah. size in the softball program. I mean, there were years where we carried 11, 12 players. Yep. So to have a bona fide roster of the size that you have, what has what what's that been like? I mean, is is it? It obviously forces you into a little bit of a different role because you've been here for a few years, but creates some competition too. Oh yeah, it creates competition, which honestly steps us up a level. So, you know, I play multiple positions, and in every one of those positions, I have two or three other girls trying for that position as hard as they possibly can. And if something happens to me for say in a game, I know they can go and do their best and we will be perfectly fine. Yeah, and I think, I mean, I will say it again and again and again, the old, the switch, I think, besides getting a little bit of confidence, right, getting our hitting going, getting our defense going a little more, was our team coming together last year. And we would have never won if it wasn't for those five, six or people, five or six people on the bench that just literally gave everything and their full energy to just cheer and be there to support in any role they possibly could. Like, we had five people, every other team had ten, and we were the loudest team by far. Um, so I think that's really special, and I think it's trickled over to this year, mm-hmm. um, even inside of the Dome, because we have about ten people that honestly could play and could start. Like, they have an argument of why they should be on the field. Um, but it creates that competition. But at the same time, I think that our team chemistry is in a good place, that it is, okay, like, I'm going to do my best. You're going to do your best. Whoever gets on that field, I know it's because I pushed you, and I'm going to sit here, and I'm going to support you. And then, like, whatever happens after that, like, we'll figure it out. But I think that, especially for a female team, feeling that support coming from your teammates is really important. So, Well, it's creating a culture. And it kind of mirrors what we see with women's soccer right now. It's kind of the same idea. It's like everybody is is together on the bigger picture here. I mean, there might be some moments where you know it's not all you know, you know rainbows and and seashells and yeah, balloons to yeah, exactly. <laughs> But at the same time, when push comes to shove, when it comes down to game time and performing, we're all on the same page in terms of where we want to go. And so. Um, that's something that usually takes a while to to achieve is to get that kind of chemistry and that kind of uh, understanding amongst the entire roster that everybody needs to do their part in order for us to be successful and getting everyone to accept that role, whatever that role may be. you know. And that's something that, like I said, we've, we've seen with women's soccer and now we're seeing it with softball. It's a really special thing. And you guys kind of mirror them as well. You're still very young. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got one senior on this team. Mm-hmm. You know, So, I mean, this is a young team still that's still kind of – I don't want to say they're fighting their way because they're doing that pretty well, but they're learning and growing together. So it's, it's going to be fun to see, I think, where they go from here. How big of an undertaking was the addressing the depth? I mean, was that kind of job one when you came in and went, wow, I don't have, I don't have a lot to work with, and if I'm going to scrimmage, which we learned in the, in the fall series, I'm going to have to come up with some really funky lineups that's going to ups, upset the sports information people because there's no way to stat all of this. <laughs> but, I mean, it, I have to laugh about that. <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> because Tiff's batting six times in an inning, you know, and right, it, it's yeah. like, like a little kid, you know, your case. She's she's all time hitter apparently, and you have Ghost Runner at second right now. That kind of stuff. Made but interesting. It made for an interesting play by play. It made for that. a lot of yeah, interesting things, but I, but it also again. drove yeah. home the wow, I've got a depth issue here. Mm-hmm. And it, it did it kind of become job one at that point to 
I, I have to really address this and you know, the rubber's going to have to meet the road when it comes to recruiting here. Yeah, I think it was important not only, obviously, for depth and realizing, okay, if someone gets injured, we could be in big trouble here. And we were very, very lucky with injuries last year, but you're not always that lucky every single year. Right. So you have to make sure, to me, you have to be two or three deep at every position. So like Tiff said, the ball can keep rolling and everyone just stays together and it's not like a, oh, no, two weeks of figuring it out. Nope, like day one, we need to have a backup plan. Um, but also the way I like to coach, softball is a really cool sport that you can sub it and out. So to me, it's I want to have, yeah, I know it is, but it's so fun to coach it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so like I can have Tiff, right, who is an excellent hitter. She can hit the heck out of the ball. But I think there's people on the team, Tiff, agreed that run maybe a tiny bit faster. Yeah. Tiny, tiny bit faster, right? So I can link someone with Tiff that can maybe run a tiny bit faster, right? And then someone else that is defensively very, very strong but might not hit as well, we can link them together too. Um, so I think it's really cool in softball when you can put people together based on, like, strengths and weaknesses in the same role. And I know stat-wise it is <laughs> not fun at all, but for me, between the DP and the flex and all the switches that we can make – you have to have people to be able to do that. Um, I also think we spend a lot of time talking about roles because to me it's only fair to let someone know where we see them, right? The last thing you want to do is surprise someone the last minute and expect them to just get over it. That's just not reality, right? People are going to have their reactions. Um, so we kind of talk after fall ball just about where we see people, right? And then just check in as the season goes if we think that someone was going to start and now maybe they're a little lower on our depth chart, let's have a conversation with them. Let's not all of a sudden just set them aside and not – prep them for this is happening. Um, and I hope that my experience being a D3 softball player all those years ago also kind of helped because I've been that person that, okay, I'm up in the lineup, bases loaded, yeah. Oh, boy, someone's going to hit for me. Okay, like I know that I still have to be supportive. And you get on base and I'll run for you and we'll score a bunch of runs. So I was not always that person fourth in the lineup that was hitting and making all the plays. So I was a person that had to work for things and had to kind of be subbed into for my weaknesses so I think hopefully my experience in that sense helps the team bridge those gaps of difficult moments so as the guy who was always the slow person on the team I really appreciate how you address that (laughs) (laughs) but as thinking about it in that way is are, are all the players accepting of that sort of model where all right, John, you're slow, so when you get on base, I'm yanking you out and putting somebody in who's faster. Or, you know, you're good good with the glove, but you're just – you can't hit, so we're going to have somebody else hitting for you. Does everybody buy into that, or is that a hard sell? No, I feel like everyone is pretty good with it. Um, obviously, like, you'll have a few that are, oh, maybe I could be a little bit better, or, oh, maybe this is not a good idea, but then – You see it happen, you're like, all right, yeah, that was a good plan. Like, we have a freshman this year who's freaking fast, and Mm -hmm. I would put her on the bases for anyone that isn't fast because she could get around to third in no time. All-time runner. All-time runner. (laughs) It works out. She already has two stolen bases, so there Mm -hmm. you go. Like, jump on in, two games, two stolen bases, score twice, I think. So doing her job and – but I also think it's important that you 
you give people that heads up, right? You don't want to crush people um, and give them false hope that, okay, like I'm going to be the starting this on the team and then it turns around and they're not anywhere close to that. So I think having those honest conversations way up front will helpfully, hopefully help kind of bridge that gap to getting to a place that people can kind of accept their roles. And we're really spoiled with leadership too, to be honest. Our returners, all, I think we have nine at this point, are excellent leaders um, and have kind of been through their own like life through softball, whether it is on a team that didn't have good chemistry or in a role position that I think they do a really good job of talking to the freshmen and helping explain their situation so they know that yep like I've been there I understand what you're going through like I know it's not fun but here's why it's a good thing so the the run through the tournament obviously was a it was a lot of fun but I want you to to expand on it a little bit from a player standpoint of okay nothing was expected we made that run what are you pulling from that tournament run from that NCAA tournament experience and bringing into this year to help this group take that next step? Honestly, playing loose. Like, there's no pressure, and if you have fun and go out there and play loose, you play better. And if everyone's supportive, then it makes the game even more fun. I think after that weekend, no one had a voice because we were all screaming so loud every single game. And even this past weekend, everyone was screaming on the top of our lungs. I think we had a couple players that didn't have voices by the end of the day. <laughs> they get that from you. What? No. What are you talking about? I'm so quiet. I'm very quiet. I just clap my hands and stand there and say nothing. You know me. Tiffany doesn't know this, but one of our jokes, and Coach Fracker knows about it, is when I'm doing a play-by-play and we're up in the press box, a lot of times you can pick up the ambient noise on our broadcast. And guess who you can hear? <laughs> yeah, so. you, you can hear from the third base coaching box. Uh, you can hear in the dugout. And actually, kind of like from the dugout, it kind of – we smile about it quite a oh, bit. Oh, yeah, we do. Because we sit up there and like, who's that talking so loud? Oh, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> we figured it out. Yeah, exactly. Because especially when you guys are on offense and she's in the third uh, base – coaching box when you guys are batting it's just it's it's hilarious because i have to sometimes stop myself from smiling because you, all you can hear is this very clear voice above everyone else saying let's go two two it's <laughs> exactly how it goes yeah too. and i'm sitting up there and i'm just like here's the pitch and then in between innings when we're at break i'm like Coach Fracker, she's yep. got it today. <laughs> Had her enough though. coffee. She's ready to go. And the flip side of that, too, though, is the mics pick up everything. And so yeah. she's watching a game back because you called me on it, too. Oh, yeah. So you can hear us in the background, all the, Come on, the banter have going her seal. on. Have her seal. I'm like, no, we're not having her seal, right? She's already on second base. It's extra innings, Garbs. What do you want from me? Well, and that's the thing. Like, up in that press box. I wanted you to game. steal there. <laughs> I want to go home. Let's we're go. All, Win like, the game. We're all mushed together up there. Like like the the scoreboard. It's the smallest press box. Yeah, yeah. It is. Garvers is up there, you know, doing PA, and here I am doing play by play on the end and stuff. And so anytime any of us say anything, because that press box actually swallows up sound really well, like it goes over the air, like it goes out, everybody can hear it. <laughs> whenever I'm on the air, so if somebody says something, it automatically gets recorded and it's in there. <laughs> And so that's where Garver, you know, you just make these editorial little comments like, <laughs> "Come on, Fracker, send her now." <laughs> you know, while I'm in the no, middle of call, I don't get it. What's she doing? Well, oh my, again, another sub? No, no more subbing. We're not yeah, doing this. Exactly, now. exactly. So I mean, sometimes we have to be a little bit like guarded with that, 
in terms of the stuff that we say. But oh, I always have to remind the student workers. Okay, these mics pick up everything. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, you don't know who's watching or who is going to watch on demand. So we, we right, have to yeah, be careful like, about this. Just, it, it does make for a, a fun atmosphere, though. I mean, we enjoy it up there. I mean, it's funny. He, he'll play music just to get under her skin. Oh, on purpose. He says it's not on purpose, but I know. The one time it wasn't. Oh, okay. The one time it wasn't. Okay. I had nothing to do with that one. Okay. And then from the there one on ta- out. The one time it absolutely wasn't. But after that, <laughs> you know, if I want to get under your skin, Sweet Caroline oh, is the way to go. Oh, it just hurts me. <laughs> Explain hurts. why. I'm a very big Yankees fan, so Sweet Carolina is the seventh inning stretch game or song they do at Fenway, um, and it's just like every bad memory or good memory I've had of baseball, and it's just like something deep inside of me just dislikes that song. So when I hear it, I just think of like Garrett Cole not being able to pitch in like the wild card game, and it gets me so fired up. So, well, it's like you, like you with the Proclaimers, I want to be. Yes, which is I agree, one of the worst songs ever written. So now I know. That's right. I remember we had this conversation. We had this conversation. I need yes, to put we, this in my memory bank yeah, now. Yeah, we, we talked about what to, song yeah. we would take that's right. out just, of that's right. out of circulation yep. if we could. And for yep. me, it was that one. I'm going to put yeah. it as I walk down the hallway. Just when it's us on those random nights yep. at like 10 o'clock at night doing work. Just I remember oh. last year I, I walked up in between innings because you and I went over to the restroom in between games or at the and somebody was playing it <laughs> in between games. And I'm like, I wonder who... <laughs> Played the proclaimers I want to be because John's about to have a bird. There. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's about to lose it on someone up there. It's not as bad as black and yellow. Black I mean, and yellow. Well, that one just got played. That got so overplayed. Yeah, yeah that, that was before Tiff's time, though. Yeah, uh, that one was. That so when black so... and yellow came up by Wiz Khalifa, this was mm. back in probably a decade. I was ago playing, now. so like 2010 yeah. ish. Yeah. 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 Well, we had it on our course on all of our because black and yellow, black and yellow. Every it was on every warm up. Yeah, every, every warm up had, had it. Every <laughs> yeah. So every time we did a game that year, like it was on every warm up. It was on hockey. It was on basketball. It was in soccer. It was on. I mean, every single like warm up. When we had a, a particular student who would play music, and he even during the game made sure five, six times a game that song got played. And I have a rule where once you play a song during a game, it's done. You don't play it again. And He played it a lot. He played it a lot. That and don't pour, like, pour some sugar on me. <laughs> Those were two, huh? That's an interesting mix. Yeah, well, interesting pour some mix. sugar on me got played. Like I remember you came out of one of the hockey broadcasts, and you were like, how many times did Pour Some Sugar on Me get played tonight? <laughs> what, a four or five times? I took, I took it off the computer after that. I was done. <laughs> That's it. I was done with it. I mean, I'm all about Def Leppard, but seriously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pour Some Sugar on Me. seen them in was... concert. They're fantastic, but I can't hear that song anymore. That it, it and Black and Yellow got banned. Yeah. Because they were played so often that year. <laughs> it was like... Yeah, so that, that, those are my songs to take out of circulation. See, well, I don't remember what was the other one. Because pl- they, they, pl- um, they were played back to back. Yeah, I think we. Mambo number five? No, no. that's Amanda's song. That's Amanda's yeah, that was, song. Yeah, that was that's Kisha's Amanda's song. song. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was Don't Stop Believing. So we like, talked about it, it on like the first, first podcast. Yep. And then it was something with Ferris Bueller. So it was like three in a row. Oh, Twist and Shout. That's it. Twist and Shout, so yes. So everything I mentioned All on the three podcast of them right in a row. In a row oh. And he's telling me it was, it was just completely unintentional. That was completely unintentional. And I was like, wait a minute here. And I like slid out of the dugout and like stared 
fired up the press box. I'm like, I hear you, Garves. I got gotcha. you. I, I see the message. During the Super Series, it was really funny because she'd turn around and look. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, that's what it was, yeah. So, so I'm curious funny. now, like, if it's in a legitimate game and something like that happens, are we going to get a look? Probably or? not. I okay, probably good. don't even hear it, Because, I, I mean, yeah. you, you have to play Don't Stop Believing. That's, that's, and that's fair. That's, I totally That's a whole going it, into the bottom 100%. of the seventh, down two. Yeah. You, There's you, nothing you know, wrong with Journey anyway. Journey's got to make it a Journey's appearance. fantastic. No, yeah. and I love that song. It just so happened that we had had all these conversations, and then those three happened at the exact it, right same time. Like, all right, oh, yeah. all right, Hayes and the new kid. Totally appreciate it. Picking on me a little bit. But yeah, he says it was unintentional. So I That time it was. That time. That time it was. Every time but there are other times after yeah. that where it's like, okay, watch this. This is the, <laughs> you I mean, I'll do, I'll do it in a gym during a, a volleyball game. I'll hit that. And, and she'll come walking <laughs> back to the scorer's <laughs> table going, did you do that on purpose? Garbs. What's going on here? What's going well, on with this? Yeah, if I like, I'm like, I'll help do the volleyball scorebook. No problem. I really enjoy doing it. And then he like plays that. I'm like, I am I'm volunteering <laughs> for you right now. Oh my god, that and well, the Mambo Number Five story is funny too because when Kish came back last year, yeah. right before you guys went to the tournament, like the the issue was, what's her walk up song going to be, and what's her pitching song going to be. And she went to Garves, and you asked her like straight up. Like, I, I said, "What do you want?" Yeah, and she said, "Mambo Number Five. And I said, "No." <laughs> yeah, he's like, that's an awful song. Why would I ever play it? She's like, I don't know. She goes, I like it's it. It's a great but... song. So I wouldn't let her have that one. No. Yeah. You, you know what? Though? But when then she, she, gave, pitch, she gave me complete authority over yeah. what I would play. And I played something different every single time she came in. That's true. And she never knew mm-hmm. it was coming. That's yeah. Awesome. You know, so when Barry Manilow watch... Copacabana got rolling, she was <laughs> gives me the look. We played a different one. We tried to like mess She got up, some Michael Bublé in there. Her, like in between innings because she'd be in there like taking her tosses and we'd see if she'd like look up at us. A couple times she did. She did. When I yeah. played Michael Bublé, she thought that was the greatest that's thing ever. That's awesome. Yeah, Michael Bublé came on for one and that's like. Well, that brings me to another question, Tiff. Your favorite walk-up songs. <laughs> yeah, Tiff. Your Thunder. favorite walk-up song. You're usually ACDC, though. Yes. Oh, yeah. That yeah, is okay. her song. So I'm all right oh, with yeah. that. Thunderstruck okay. by ACDC. Yeah, I'm okay yeah. with that. Okay. Has that been the one you've had throughout? Yep. Okay. Okay. That's a, That's a good Burke one. Spe- That's a good special, one. yep. Some of them are just, like, strange. Like, some of them I'm just like, what? Wow, that's quite it. the choice. There's been some really bizarre stuff over the years, though, too. Yeah. Like that whole SpongeBob thing. Yeah, that I was weird. That's who, who Marley. That. Marley's pitching song is the SpongeBob song. Somebody else had a SpongeBob yeah. song, and we were going, what in the world is this? <laughs> so, um, hey, kids. Like, yeah. So, for, let's pineapple under the sea. For Sponge the Bob very song. last fall ball game at some colleges I've seen, they let the seniors pick the walk up songs for everybody for like their last fall day. And yeah, they come up with some hilarious stuff. I've seen like, go, go, Power Rangers. And like, nice. someone comes up, like, really, really funny stuff. I think so. we should do that this yeah. year. It would be fun. It would be fun to see what you guys could come up with for each person. So Nice. Did you have that in high school, too? Was it Thunderstruck? No, we didn't really have walk-up songs in high school. Probably not, yeah. It's it's kind of a bummer, but, yeah, I suppose – that's that's kind of one of the joys of baseball and softball is they do get to pick kind well, of stuff. Well, it is, but it's them. not. Well, because yeah, it's I, a pain for you because you got to remember. Be. I mean, I, yeah. I view it almost the same way as the reentry rule. Because if thing, it's not yeah. loud enough or if you don't – Hit it if right. If you don't hit yeah. it, it, it right where there's enough time, then – 
you get the look <laughs> from the player. And it's just, hey, hey I'm, trying. I, I'm trying to make sure stats are right. Right, yeah. So sorry that you only got nine seconds of Thunderstruck <laughs> instead of 15. Well, you it, know, but yeah. on, on the other side, the athlete's got to be smarter and walk slower. That's uh, true, especially yeah. in softball. It's oh, right I walk there. Slow. You, you know, yeah. walk slower because <laughs> you, you've got 30 yeah. seconds of song you want played, and the first 10 seconds are throwaway. Mm-hmm. It doesn't actually get to what I want until it's 12 seconds, but right. you in eight seconds, you're in the box mm-hmm. already. That doesn't do us any good. That's Walk fair. slower. Well, I feel like there is a certain public art, though, service announcement. I feel like there's also should be a certain art though to picking your walk-up song because if it have a, a slow intro, like it's not gonna, it doesn't do anything. What would you two pick up pick for your walk-up songs? Oh, that's a good question. We asked Polk this one at one baseball game, and he picked the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Interesting. <laughs> that's his walk-up song. That was actually the intro song at Northland College for a while when they were introducing mm. the lineups for the players. They played, played softly in the background, and then they would like while the players are being introduced, like at their positions defensively in the bottom of the first or the top of the first. So that one was actually that was that was a kind of a feat of engineering a little that, bit. That's but, interesting. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, my walk-up song. The circumstances surrounding that song itself, I don't feel are. They're not really. I mean, yeah, I mean, they picked it because they felt like it reflected the area, like mm-hmm. it was a heritage moment and. You know, it kind of reflected the the story of the of the North and all that kind of stuff. Um, I like the song. I wouldn't necessarily stick it on a, you know, no. on a, on a but baseball okay. or softball warm up or you know playlist of any kind. Like I wouldn't do that. But yeah, that's what they used to do. Uh, Polk's was that was a, actually kind of a cool answer, I suppose. It was yeah, unexpected. Yeah. He hopped on yeah. right away. Yeah, he did. Well, yeah, he jumped right on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, my warm-up song, that's a really tough one. It would be heavy metal something, I'm sure. Mm. I'm a big heavy metal guy, and I'm a big Metallica fan. Mm. So I would probably pick a Metallica song, maybe. I wouldn't do Inner Sandman. That's like that's too, overdone. Yeah, that's been overdone. It's I feel overdone. like we've. I feel like we've had a guy who's had uh, Inner Sandman as their walk-up song. It's like only one. That belongs to one man and one man only, so it should be retired as well. Just with him. That's it. It goes out with Mo. No one else can have it. They no, can't one else, be no one else can have Enter Sandman. And they can't have Enter Sandman. It's over. I suppose That's nobody it. else can throw a cutter either except him, right? I right. mean, he broke a lot of bats. He broke a lot of he bats. He did. That cutter was wicked. <laughs> like, I mean, and Metallica was like, I'm sure, cheering him on each time he yeah. came in. Just a, because of Henry Sandman. <laughs> they were live at Yankee Stadium, I think, for his last entrance, maybe. Okay. And they actually did it live, which was really, really cool. I've never seen that done in baseball before. So, or maybe cool. it was, I don't know if it was an all star game. They did it live at some point. I don't remember exactly. But maybe it was I really, get the really recording cool. of the one that they did with the kids' musical instruments on, like the Tiny Show. That was pretty funny. That one, I, maybe I'd do that one mm-hmm. just as a the Jimmy joke. Fallon like version. Like, yeah, the Jimmy Fallon version of, uh, of Inner Sandman. That's awesome. Like there's a there's a big video of the Roots, Metallica, and Jimmy Fallon playing a bunch of kids' instruments, and they play Inner Sandman all the way through. That's <laughs> it's pretty awesome. funny. They did that with a couple songs, but that one was especially good. I thought that's funny. Yeah. What about you, Garbs? What would be your? I would. Pro- this is kind of outside the realm of my musical taste, but I would probably do the intro to Michael Jackson Thriller because mm. the bass line is fantastic. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Well, maybe Smooth Criminal. That might be another one I would consider. Smooth Criminal has a great mm. baseline to it as well. Yeah. We have a good mix, which I love on our team, between all the genres of everything. Thank you. I love it. 
It's fantastic. That's one of the hardest things I have is yeah. when you have a team that is all one genre. Yeah, I, it's fantastic. You're like, oh, cool, this song. Oh, yeah, this song. Oh, that's a good one, too. And mm-hmm. it's some throwbacks and some new stuff and a little bit of everything. So I enjoy and when they the give me what they nothing. want. Just quiet. There's always a player who has yeah, nothing. who has nothing. Silent, yeah. They Just. were good last year getting me their stuff. I learned a lot about them based on what they wanted their walk-up song to be because I was getting to know them too. So right. we did it in the fall, and they kind of gave me their stuff. I'm like, oh, Tiff, interesting. I like it. Easy, has that easy. made this year different? A lot because different. Because last year was the get-to-know, and it was such a strange beginning of the year mm-hmm. for you. Has it, has it been different slash better it's, this go around for sure it's nice like in the summertime getting to see them right and them just coming to say hello and being like oh yeah hey like good to see you and catch up with people and just know more people um and i don't think i would have been able to have 14 freshmen on a roster without having a really good relationship with all of our returners coming back um because you know the returners like how many people are we bringing in what are we doing I'm like just trust me please are you cutting I know me it's coach a lot. yeah, yeah I'm like, <laughs> I am i not gonna be on the field anymore just, like what's happening here just yeah. trust me like if we want to get to the goals we want to get to like we need more depth behind it so i think it was a lot better this year with like Tiff said, we didn't have to focus as fundamentally, so we got to do more strategy stuff, which was fun, and just have more why conversations. Why do we choose to do this? Like, we don't have to talk about how we bunt. Now we need to talk about, like, what bunt to choose in what situation. Um, so relationships and kind of going through the why this year was way more fun than kind of talking about catch, throw, receive, and the way we swing and stuff. So Same for you? Yeah. And same for the players? I mean, it was definitely scary to see that 14 number – but after we got here in the fall, we were like, okay, this is why. Everybody fills a role. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's that's ideally what you want, mm-hmm. right? And Tiff's played for a couple different coaches here too. So yeah. how was that process of getting to know uh, Coach Fracker at the beginning and then all through last year and then this year? Like, how has that relationship, like, developed over the time? I mean, having three coaches in three years was difficult, but I think Fracker came in and wanted to build a relationship with every single one of us, like, right away. I don't think she hesitated at all. And it probably helped that I knew absolutely nobody up here. Yeah. So, like, like that was important for me to build relationships, period. So what's a better place to start than the team, right? And investing all of that energy into doing that kind of with the team. So, And you didn't even – said I think back to the whole – search committee and everything typically you have the pl- the opportunity for coach to at least sit down and have a mm-hmm. meeting or two with teams mm-hmm. you never you didn't really have that opportunity i was i mean on, you zoom yeah. with them. i was four players and tiff was actually one of the players that i talked to on zoom right um, it was her the kramers and then kb on zoom and it was just so like hey you don't know me and i don't know you so we're just gonna kind of Look at each other for a couple minutes moment. here. Like, yeah, you know, so it was. Turn off video. Oh, my God. Turn <laughs> video back on. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. So it, yeah. it was interesting. I kind of laugh now. Just the personalities that I saw, like, on that interview with the four of you and then, like, mm-hmm. what your personalities actually were. It's like, oh, look at, like, they were so quiet and, like, didn't ask questions. And now I love that they want information uh, and to be part of the process because, to me, 
and I know Tiff, it's fun for us because Tiff wants to be a coach, right? That's like her goal. And I love being able to share like strategy stuff with her. So we have a good relationship in Mm -hmm. that sense that we kind of talk about, you know, I can hear from Tiff, you know, what's going on with the team. Like, and I don't need specifics. I just need to know like what's our tone, how's the culture, things like that. And then she can hear from me kind of here's what we're doing. Here's what we're thinking. And then to me, hopefully bridge that gap back being from a coach's mindset to players to kind of help them understand. So, so what, what's the goal then? You, you want to get into coaching? Is it college, high school, youth? What do you? Oh, what are you I thinking? really want to become a college coach. I've already started coaching a little bit. I've done youth travel ball down back in Chicago, and um, that has been a great experience. But coaching college is definitely my ultimate goal. Okay. Okay. She's like a coach in training. Absolutely. And you could see it on the field too, which is great between her and Kayla and Taylor and Liv and our sophomores and Jess. I mean, they just have really good knowledge. So to me, our freshmen can get on the field and they're playing next to someone that's done it before. Right. So hopefully that helps them relax a little bit because if they have questions, well, great. Like look at the person right next to you. Like they probably have the answer. So I feel like it is a very cerebral team. Um, And just even watching them play. I mean, it's a very, they run the systems very well. They all understand what what their strengths are. They play to those strengths. You know, that's what really came out to me in the tournament last year um, was the fact that everybody really played to their strengths well. And everybody seemed to really understand what they were trying to get accomplished. You know, you didn't have anybody that was trying to do anything that wasn't within their realm of ability to to accomplish. So, um, you know, that's nice. It's almost like having three or four different coaches on the field because they all understand, like, this is how I'm going to be successful. You know, I'm not going to try to swing for the fence and drive this ball into the gap if that's not what I do. You know, I'm going to try to play smart. I'm going to try to get myself on base. If I'm a slapper, I'm going to slap. Mm-hmm. If I'm, you know, a, a bunter, I'm going to bunt. And if I am a gap player, I'm going to play to the gap. Mm-hmm. You know, and everybody seems to like kind of understand that on this team for the most part. That seems to be um, a, sort of a, I guess, a pattern that I've seen with the team since you've been coaching. And I think a little bit, you know, previous coaches as well, but definitely it's really come to the forefront under your tutelage so far yeah, and we kind of talk through things too right so there's a way that I envisioning things happening like this is the defense I want to run and we kind of run it we're like okay take a step back like this isn't working so what can we do here and then we'll make adjustments and I want their feedback to me I always tell them I don't want to coach robots right I don't want you to say yes coach and why are you doing this well because coach said so that's not fun like <laughs> right, they're yeah. 18 to 23 now and 24 with COVID, right? Like, I want them to be part of the process. Be like, hey, coach, why don't we try this? Like, I can break this way. She can break that way. Okay, let's run it. Oh, I like that so much better. Like, that looks way, way better. So hopefully the players feel like they have a say in this too because at the end of the day, it's their team. Like, I just get to, you know, write the lineup, but they are really the ones running the show. Um, And hopefully I'm helping navigate those waters to put the best out there possible. Mm -hmm. So. How excited are we to be getting outside next week? Oh, I'm so excited. (laughs) I cannot wait. 80-degree weather. I'm excited. I know it's like the long trip that never was, that's finally will be from, like, 2020. So I feel like especially you and Dave and the Kramers and all of our upperclassmen have been waiting to go to Florida since 2020, and it, like, just has not happened. So, like, finally they're all here and they get to go together. So Yeah, this was the the week, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and, you know, like you said, you've missed out on it. You've got, I think, what is it, 10 games? Is that what it is down there? 10 games, yeah. Yeah, 10 games in a week span, so Mm -hmm. playing just about every day. 
Like, what are you guys looking to accomplish down there heading back before you get into the tournament or tournament into conference play? Because conference play will pick up pretty quickly right after you guys get back. Yeah, I mean, coaching wise, we want to figure out our strengths and weaknesses and what's our best lineup, right? Because, yes, I want to win every single game, and so does the team, and I understand that. But we need to mix things up a little bit to be able to figure out, okay, this person is better coming off the bench to pitch, and this person starts better, and they're a really good pitch hitter, but they're not very good starting in the lineup, right? So for us, it's just figuring out when we get to play Martin Luther on that Saturday, we want the absolute best lineup that we can, the best defense, and to know the roles of all of our players. So coaching-wise, I think we're excited to get to go down, play a lot of games, and figure out a little more kind of about the team rather than playing four games in a very quick span. We just have more time to kind of develop as a team. So how about you, Tiff? What about team-wise? What are you interested in doing down there? I think I'm just excited to have a team bonding experience that's not in Superior in the cold. Like, we play a lot of morning games, which will give us a lot of bonding opportunities where we could go to the pool together and play card games down by the pool and just grow our team chemistry even stronger than it already is. What's the card game of choice? Oh, that's a hard one. I mean, for a big group, it'd probably be Uno. That's a that's a yeah, team a, favorite. Yeah, Got some good family battles mm-hmm. over Uno before. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Uno's one of those games, man. I was gonna tattoo draw four on my sister's forehead <laughs> one time. It seemed like she had every one of those in the deck, and there's only pow! eight of them. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Uno would be a good one, especially mm-hmm. in a big group. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like that because that one can go on for a long time. It can, it can, absolutely. You know, but do you guys like play any of the like the poker or any of that kind of stuff? Do you guys do any of that weird stuff like that? No. Hearts or any of that kind of no, stuff? No, I don't think any of our girls. I know how to play poker a little bit just from my grandpa, but okay, I don't think anyone else does on the team. Yeah. I, well, it, it's 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 so different. Like when when I was in well, Texas again, Hold'em thirty is years thing. ago, yeah. I mean, we always played cards, right? Yeah, you know, and you'd have the poker players, you'd have the cribbage players, and yep. you know, you'd have this the people playing smear, and that was you know three different games that were going on all at the same time. So right, yeah, you know, we were big into like five card draw and mm-hmm. seven card and all that kind of stuff. Me and my teammates were, and mm-hmm. usually we'd play for just chips, like that was what we did, but. We had fun doing it. The other time that we had fun was when we played hearts. Mm-hmm. We played hearts a lot, and that those got actually pretty serious. Like there, there were some, there was some definite bonding slash conflict there too, though. You yeah. know what I mean? Like we used to get pretty pretty animated with hearts, but um, yeah, I mean those are those are those golden times though. And I think it was uh, Coach Don Mulhern that talked about that when he was here coaching the women. Is that women's basketball? I should say um, that it's not so much about wins and losses even on the court as much as it is. You're gonna like remember the times you were just together. No, that, yeah, fun. that's that's really what it comes down to. You I mean, talked about yeah. that when they when they would make their NCAA tournament runs. Yep, that, exactly, exactly. Just know, enjoy being together. That's and, the stuff you're gonna remember. You're gonna yeah, remember the exactly. team meal more than the game. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I mean, the game is the game because the game doesn't change. But you know, having all these experiences with the rest of the team is what you really remember. And so. that's the whole point of kind of doing D three, right? Is to be able to have those experiences. Right. And yep. I 
you know, we kind of talk about as a team, the people I played with are some of my best friends to this day. And that's all I want from them, um, to be able to have those close bonds and take away those memories so when they come back on alumni day, they can laugh about how Coach never stopped talking in the third base box, right? Like, that's the fun thing. That's, like, what it's supposed to be beyond the winning and beyond the softball and the learning and the growing and all of that. Those moments, like, you can't take back and you can't get them back. So just stop and enjoy them, right? Especially when we're playing nonstop in Florida, like take a breath, relax, and actually be together and kind of enjoy. So yeah. I, I can 100% agree with that. I think back to my time here, mm-hmm. my closest friends are the yeah. guys that I played yeah. with. And to this day, we yeah. st- whether it's in the, the text group or when we get together as a group, the Nelly stories still fly. <laughs> That's it. Exactly. They, they, they are. Yeah. We still talk about our coach and tell stories about our coach and and all of that and it's uh that it we won we won mm-hmm. a lot of games yeah. in that time too so we can fall back on that mm-hmm. but you know the uh the, com- the, the, the camaraderie day. piece of it yeah. is is what mattered the most it's like a, it's an extended family that you have for four maybe five years right you know that you get a chance to spend time with them and you get a chance to kind of live life with them a little bit it's not just about you know suiting up and playing it's it's about also just going through kind of life experiences, mm-hmm. you know, living in the same house together, doing all that kind of stuff, going to school together. It's mm-hmm. just there's a whole raft of experiences that go along with being a college athlete. It isn't just about, um, you know, when we went on the field, we suited up and we won a bunch of games or we lost a bunch of games. That's not really right. That That's a very simplistic way to look at an athlete and an athletic program for that matter. Right. Mm-hmm. So enjoy it. Take it in, enjoy the 80 degrees, because when you come back, we're still going to have snow. <laughs> and you're still going to be practicing inside. There you go. <laughs> no! <laughs> we'll just stay down there. We just won't come just back there. Just stay there. Yeah, yeah, just don't come back. Let, let Nick know you're going to blow out the Fort budget Myers. now. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. UW Fort Myers. <laughs> yeah, UW Fort Myers. That'll be the new, yeah, the new name. So Tiffany Kirk, Coach Fracker, thanks for coming by. Thanks for having us. We'll take a break. We'll come back with more of Eye of the Swarm right after this. Orkers Island Inn is now hiring and there's a position just for you. Apply for front desk, housekeeper, bartender, server, cook, and dishwasher. We're hiring great people like you. Call or click for more information and apply today. We're back for the final segment of this week's Eye of the Swarm and... uh... Good conversation again, as always, with Coach Fracker, and it's it's funny because it's it's funny because the best of the conversation every time she's with us is not on the podcast. It's always the <laughs> the, the, the the beforehand and the afterward. It is with her is is always the the better part of the conversations that we have. For people that don't know Coach Fracker personally, and like we do anyway, um, that's just how she is. Yeah, you know, she's one of those people you could sit with her. Anywhere mm-hmm. and just have a conversation and it would go and go and go because yep. she's fantastic. She's yep. really easy to talk with. Um, and you can kind of see where that culture right. lies. No, absolutely. She's got that same sort of personality and that same kind of warmth that we see with women's soccer. And I know I draw a lot of parallels between the, the two programs are very close, by the way. Right. The athletes on the two teams, the coaches are very close. Um, but it's very similar mm-hmm. in, in terms of how they structure their program. You know, the importance of, of being a quote-unquote family. Right. You know, it sounds like a cliche, but in this case, the athletes on both teams are very, very tight with each other. 
And uh, you can see where it starts from. I mean, it has to start from the top. Yep. You know, we've talked about that before and filtered down to the players. And like I said, you can see why Coach Fracker uh, and her team perform the way they do on a regular basis just because she does have that warmth and and that genuine genuine kind of caring yep. side to her that lets her athletes know that she is truly invested in them as people as well as athletes. Yep. So seeing dividends early in the season for them, 4-0. They head into spring break week now down to Florida next yep. week. And uh Several teams in action over spring break, as you yeah. mentioned in the earlier segment. Well, we'll start it out with softball, um, since we just had an interview with them. Uh, obviously, uh, they're at the 32nd annual Gene Cusick Collegiate Classic in Fort Myers in Naples, Florida, from March 14th until the 19th. They'll be playing 10 games down there. I did not go through the entire schedule because that would take a long time to go through it. But they are playing 10 games during that six-day stretch. Um, and the full schedule of games is on uwsyelljackets.com. I don't know if there's going to be any live streaming or anything, probably live stats at least. Uh, you know, that it depends. Okay. It, it all depends on if we if there's somebody there who's doing the game. Right, Because yeah. it's not like the Gene Cusick Classic stats all these for people. Right, yeah. You know, it depends on if you have somebody from your sports information department traveling right. with the team that is able to do right. the live stats. Right, yeah. And we do not have somebody who's going to be in that capacity, so... It might be the other team. It could be if the, if there's another school that has somebody there, and I know there's a lot of conversations that go on between, you know, the sports information departments. Right. You know, okay, we're playing. We're going to have somebody at baseball. Or are you going to have somebody at softball? Or right, you know, yeah. whatever the case may be. But we'll we'll do our best to get them all out there. Yeah, but yeah, there's but no the, guarantees that there's going to be live coverage. Right. But in the meantime, the actual schedule is posted on uwsyelljackets.com. So Correct. just go check that out. Same sir with the men on the baseball side of things. I should clarify there. By the way. They're at the Russ Matt Central Florida Invitational that will be held in Auburndale and Davenport, Florida from March 14th until the 20th. For a full schedule of their games, again, go to uwsyelljackets.com. They're playing nine games down there. So mm-hmm. the women will play ten, the men will play nine. Um, and hopefully they'll be able to pick up a few Ws in there, and the same story, again, applies in terms of live coverage. Right. Um, don't know what the entire situation looks like. There's going to be a lot of moving parts down there, both uh, for the men and the women. So right. um, you know, keep an eye out. And uh, if we can get some live stats up on the website, we will. But if not, um, you know, just stay tuned. At least look for results because yep. they will be posted on there on the daily. So that's what's coming up for them. Uh, they're not the only teams, though, heading down to Florida. Nope. Men's and women's tennis are both heading down there as well. Um, they are both at the USTA Tennis Center in Orlando from March 14th until the 18th. And, again, for a full schedule of their matches, go to uwsyelljackets.com. I think the men play, what, six times, I think? And I think women, it's six. The women play, I think, five. I think it's six and five. Yeah, that's what I think it is. I don't know. Again, go to the website and find out. Correct. Um, but, yeah, all four of those teams are going to be down in Florida mm-hmm. here in the next week. So a lot of Yellow Jacket representation down in the Sunshine, sunshine State. So uh, if uh, those of you who are listening to this podcast have a chance to be down in Florida and you get a chance to uh, check out where the Yellow Jackets are, go out and uh, take in some baseball, softball, or tennis. And track and field is traveling as well. They are. They'll they be are. they'll be down in Atlanta. Okay. During spring break week, uh, not a full team. It's, okay. it's more or less a if you want to go. Yeah, that's the Emory you Classic. Know, they're or, out at Emory University yeah. there that we um, we have competed at before. But that said, the, <laughs> we big, do have, the, yeah, the big one, thrower is still in action yeah, at a big much thrower, bigger event. Yeah, much bigger event. Uh, the the event down at Emory is a little bit less formal, uh, <laughs> but this is as formal as it gets. Gage Stankowitz will be competing at the NCAA Division Three National Meet this Saturday. That'll be 
held at the uh, JDL Fast Track in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and actually going underway at 1 p.m. there, and he'll be going for All-American honors at the very least, maybe uh, you know, with a break or two, he might be able to sne- sneak into that the championship conversation yeah, as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, in the meantime, that's where he will be. That's the big headliner, of course, for men's uh, and women's indoor track and field here. Um, and after that, they'll be off to the outdoor season. So right. um, this is the last weekend of uh, indoor competition regardless. So that's what's coming up for them. And then uh, that's uh, what we got coming up this week. It's going to be something of a lighter week in terms of sports around here, obviously. There's not going to be really much of anything happening. Yeah, we don't have anything in terms of a home game on the schedule until the 24th of March. Right, that's supposed and to be And even that, baseball. I think, is probably in jeopardy. Yeah, when probably you, is. When you looked at the, the snow dump we got last week, plus right. the, the fact that it just hasn't warmed up. Right to a consistent enough temperature where you're going to get good melt. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, until we can start seeing some melt on that field, I mean, there's... Thankfully, we have worked out the broadcast schedule, though. Which you is have, good. yeah. Um, you know, and that should be, I think, is it posted now? It is not posted yet. Okay, but it is coming up. Uh, we actually are on the hook for that uh, first uh, doubleheader, hopefully on the 24th. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yours truly, that being me, is uh, scheduled to do the play-by-play. That'll be a doubleheader against Augsburg. That'll be a, uh, a non-conference Obviously, a doubleheader that'll be played up at the Superior Spartan Sports Complex. Mm -hmm. At least that's where it stands right now. Yep. But uh, we'll get that full schedule on the broadcast page also on the Athletics website. So uh, that should be coming up within the next day or so, I would guess. Yeah. I think. That's the hope. Yeah, that's the goal. That's the hope. Um, And again, stay tuned to changes on that one because there always are alterations. But um, thankfully, we do have the the spring uh, broadcast schedule uh, finalized now. And uh, hopefully... uh, you know, we'll get some people to listen in and kind of uh, hopefully we'll be able to do a few broadcasts together as well. Oh, yeah. That's the goal. We'll That's see. That's the goal. It's, yeah. it's a little dicey. It's a little dicey. You know, just because of, uh, from my standpoint, I mean, a lot of these games. Are You'll no, be up there with me anyway. They're in the middle of the afternoon. Right. And yeah. I have my right. student staff. I can't excuse them from class the same way that coaches get to excuse players. Right. Yeah. So games in the middle of the afternoon, we're, we're stretched thin, so I right. could be yeah. – Playing music or doing PA. Regardless, or though, you'll be able I will to, be in the same. Yeah, you'll be in the same yeah, area. I'll be in the so. same building, no doubt. And about it, that. there might be some ambient noise. You might be able to hear Mr. Garver there chiming be, in every so I often. Might so. throw a few nuggets your way here and there. <laughs> it's entirely possible. <laughs> let's put it that way. But uh, it's a long way around to saying that. Yeah, we do have the broadcast schedule finalized, and uh, it'll be appearing on the broadcast website. So uh, broadcast. Yep, correct. Elliot Swery, once again, our production engineer, the Big Sound Matt Johnson. I am John Garver, and thank you for listening to this week's Eye of the Swarm.